We're on Yavamos Lamivav on Bayes 36b1 on the bottom of the Art Scroll Gemara. The Gemara now continues on its discussion of the Mishnah. So again, the Mishnah was discussing a case of doing Yibam. One of the cases of the Mishnah was doing Yibam when the sister-in-law is pregnant, when the wife of the deceased husband is pregnant, and she's pregnant after her husband passes away. Um, and the question is, uh, what happens in different scenarios of when you do chalitza while she's pregnant, or if you do yibum while she's pregnant, and also the uh, this impact this is impacted if the child is a viable child or not, or whether there was a miscarriage. And so, with regards to one of the laws of the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that if they did yibum, if the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law they do yibum. And it turns out that the child is really not a viable child. Let's say there was a miscarriage. So therefore, since there was a miscarriage, there really is an obligation to do yibum or to do chalitza. And yibum was done. So the Mishnah said in such a case, let's say that yibum was done, the Mishnah says yikayim, that either, according to Rabbi Yochanan, the yibum actually works. It's a complete uh, it's a complete yibum, and it's viewed as though they are married. And Rishlaki says that what it means is that they should do Yibam. They should now do Yibam again because the original Yibam was not a complete Yibam and so therefore they should do Yibam again. But either way, whichever way you go, uh, the Mishnah clearly says that they should, either either they did Yibam or they should do Yibam and they should remain married. Even though they they attempted to do Yibam while she was while she was pregnant, but they should continue to do to remain married. And that is what the Mishnah says with regards to that case. Now, the Gemara is about to quote a Brisa which argues on the position of our Mishnah. The, the Gemara says, Tana, it is taught in a Brisa. Mishim Rebelezer, Amr Yotzi Begat. Rebelezer says that, no, they have to actually get divorced. They have to get divorced. Why? So the position of Rebelezer is, again, what is our situation here? Our situation here is where the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law are uh, have this connection, have this potential connection of Zika, the sister-in-law is pregnant, so we don't know. We really don't know if uh, the, there'll be a miscarriage or if it'll be a, a viable baby, a, a healthy child. We don't know. And so what took place was that they did yibum together. They had sexual relations while she was pregnant. Uh, now, uh, this is really not so simple because let's say the child is really a healthy child. It's a really a healthy child. So then... Not only is this not a mitzvah, but this is actually a violation of having relations with your, for a brother-in-law to have relations with the, with his sister-in-law. This is a very severe prohibition. So in our case, it happens to be that he lucked out. He lucked out because the child, uh, unfortunately, the child died, which is terrible. But in terms of the prohibition of between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, so they fulfilled Yibam. They did fulfill Yibam, and it was not a violation. But he put himself, and she put herself, into this situation where there's this potential to violate this severe prohibition because they didn't know at the time while she was pregnant whether or not she would have a child. And there's a good chance that she would have a healthy child. So they're putting themselves in a situation where there's there's a serious potential for them to violate the prohibition of having relations between a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law. That is a very severe prohibition. So Rabbi Lezer says, based on that, they have to get divorced. This is, this is a fine. This is what we refer to as a knas. This is a fine. And we will... We will find them to say that even though it ends up being that it is Yibam, there's an obligation to do Yibam, but because you attempt to do Yibam at a time where 
it could have ended up as a severe prohibition. It could have been ended up as a prohibition of of having relations with your sister-in-law outside the context of Yibam. It just happened to be that uh, the baby uh, was not a healthy baby and died, or there was a miscarriage. Uh, so it happens to be that there was an obligation to Yibam, but nevertheless, we will fine you, this will be a kanas, and make you get divorced. Because you did something which was inappropriate, we will make you get divorced. And this is the opinion of Rabbi Lezer. Our Mishnah clearly argues. Our Mishnah clearly argues and says, no, they are allowed to remain married. We will not fine them. So our Mishnah says that we will not fine them. They are allowed to remain married. At the end of the day, there is this connection. There is this mitzvah of Yibam, um, and they are allowed to remain married. Rabbi Lezer says, no, we will, we will have this kanas and we will fine them. So the Gemara now says, Amar Rava, Rava says, we find the similar position of Rabbi Lazar in a different context under the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Lazar, Amru Dover Echad. Rava says that Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lazar, they really have the same opinion with regards to making a knas, uh, fining people for doing uh, the wrong thing, specifically in the context of sexual relations. What is that case? Rabbi Lazar Hadaman, Rabbi Lazar is our case of our Mishnah, where the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, they have, they do yibam, they have sexual relations while she's pregnant, before even knowing whether or not it's permissible. So Rav Lezer says that they have to get divorced. Rav Meir says, the following ruling. Rav Meir, it says in Abraisa, this is the case, Lo The following law will really, we, we will discuss at length in a few pages, in uh, approximately six weeks, in six plot. Uh, we will discuss this case, so we will not discuss the, the details of the reasoning behind it right now. Uh, but the case, the law is as follows. A person is not allowed, on a rabbinic level, a person is not allowed to marry a woman who is pregnant or a woman who is nursing. This is the ruling of the, of the Gemara in the times of the Gemara. So again, we will discuss the exact uh, prohibition when we get there, but the law was at the times, times of the Gemara that a person is not allowed to marry somebody who is pregnant or somebody who is nursing. Why not? Because there's a concern, as we've seen in the past, there's a concern that through having sexual relations or through her becoming pregnant while she's nursing, it's going to cause danger either to the fetus or to the baby, to the baby who's nursing. If she's not allowed, if she can't nurse anymore, uh, so then it, it could be life-threatening to the baby. Um, and the Gemara also, as we've had earlier, uh, discussed having sexual relations while she's pregnant, that it could cause harm to the, to the fetus. And so as a result of that, a person who is not, essentially not the father, somebody else, uh, wants to marry a woman who is pregnant or a woman who is nursing, we say that they, that they are not allowed to get married. This is a rabbinic prohibition for them to get married. Uh, if, they're, if they're married to their, to their original husband, so then uh, we discussed in the past how, it, how is it possible for them to have sexual relations with these concerns. This was a discussion that we've had uh, in different places in this in this, this tractate. Uh, but either way, uh, the Brisa here says that uh, it's quoting from the Mishnah. It says that they are not allowed to, that they're not allowed to get married. A person cannot marry somebody who is pregnant or somebody who is nursing. If they did get married, Vimnasa, let's say they did get married, they went against the rabbinic prohibition. Yotzi v'lo yachzerolamis divrei Rav Meir is of the opinion that they have to get divorced. They must get divorced. Rav Meir says that this is a fine. This is a knas. This is a fine that we put on them because. They went against the rules and they had sexual relations even though we told them that they're not allowed to. Because they went against the rules, we make them get divorced. However, the Chachamim, they say no. They say, We're not going to find them. The Chachamim say it's true that they have to separate until after 24 months. 24 months is the two years 
is the uh, time in the Gemara that it gives for how long uh, most women nurse for uh, in the times of the Gemara. And so that's approximately two years. So we make them wait to get to stay married or to right to to stay ma- to, to to join together to to remarry, um, as we'll see in the Gemara. Uh, to remarry, we'll make them wait uh, 24 months after she gives birth, so that she's no longer nursing. But there's no fine. The reason for that is because of the original prohibition. There's a prohibition: you're not allowed to marry somebody who is nursing. So because of that original prohibition, we'll say we make them wait. Until uh, 24 months after she gives birth, but this is not a fine. They're allowed to they're allowed to marry each other after the 24 months, and that's perfectly fine. That's the position of the Chachamim. So Rava wants to say the position of Rav Meir, who says we will find them. That's the same thing. That's the same position as Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer says that in our Mishnah, when there's this potential to violate a biblical prohibition, happens to be that they didn't violate it, but there was this potential because they did yibum while she was still pregnant. Uh, so therefore, we will find them. Rav Meir here says also we will find them when they violate. Uh, this rabbinic prohibition to get married when the wife is already pregnant or is currently nursing, uh, we will find them also. The Chacham say, no, we won't find them. And also our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says also there's, we, we won't find them uh, for putting themselves in the situation where they potentially are violating a biblical prohibition. So the Chachamim, in both cases, say that uh, we will not find them. And... In uh, Rav Meir says that, and Rav Lezer says that we will find them. So Rav says they're really the same opinion. Uh, that's what that is what um, Rav Meir and Rav Lezer say. And Rav says that they're really the same opinion. So Abayi responds back and says, "No, maybe we could differentiate between Rav and Rav Lezer." And it's a very interesting distinction. Amarle Abayi, Abayi says, "Oh, who said that they're really the same opinion?" Mimai, Dimalohi. Maybe we could differentiate between Rav Lezer and Rav Meir. Maybe they do not agree. Maybe the cases are different. Maybe Rebbe Lazar only said that we fine them, that we force them to get divorced in our situation. Because our situation, there was the potential to violate a biblical prohibition, a very severe biblical prohibition of, of, um, of um, having relations with your uh, brother-in-law and a sister-in-law. So therefore, in that case, we'll find them. But in, in the case of Rebbe Meir, in the case of Rameyer, that's a rabbinic prohibition. So they violate a rabbinic prohibition. But who said we're going to find them for the violation of a rabbinic prohibition? Uh, so that's in one direction. In the other direction as well, says Abaye. Abaye says also for Rameyer, Inami, Arkan, Lokama Rameyer, Hasam Elam Yishim Durabana, Vichacham Asu Chazik Ledevrei Miyosar Mishel Torah, Aval Hacha Midoraisim Mefarshe Parshimina. Abaye says as follows, Maybe Rameyer only said what he said in his context, where it's a rabbinic prohibition, and we will only find them. He says the exact opposite. It's possible to say the exact opposite. We'll only find them when they violate a rabbinic prohibition. Why? Because people don't take rabbinic prohibitions as seriously. Uh, so therefore, we will uh, we will find them. So people start taking it seriously. It's really so that, so that they do start taking it uh, seriously. But... When it comes to a biblical prohibition, people know about the biblical prohibitions, and they know that um, they know that they know to take it seriously. So, therefore, we do not have to uh, we do not have to find them. Um, and so that that is what Abayi says. Abayi says that you can say this in both directions. Either we can say that we will only find people when they violate a biblical pro- prohibition because it's so severe, we have to make this kanas, we have to find them and say that they have to get divorced. Or one could have said that we only find them when they violate a rabbinic prohibition because when they violate a rabbinic prohibition, people 
are more relaxed when it comes to rabbinic prohibitions. And so therefore, we will create a fine only for the rabbinic prohibition, and it will be stronger, greater than the biblical prohibition. Our reaction to the violation of, of a biblical prohibition will be not to find them, because people know not to violate biblical prohibitions. But when it comes to rabbinic prohibition, we have to give chizek. We have to make sure that people understand that they should not violate a rabbinic prohibition as well. And so therefore, we will find them in that case. One could have said that we only find them in the case where they violate a rabbinic prohibition, i.e. the case where a person marries somebody who is pregnant or is nursing. So in that case, we will find them. Uh, but not in but not in the case where, uh, where they violate a biblical prohibition. Um, so in the case where they violate a biblical prohibition, we will not find them. So you could say it really in either direction. So it's interesting, these two different perspectives, uh, either we should, we should find them when they violate a biblical prohibition, or we should find them when they violate a rabbinic prohibition, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we should find them for both. That's the point of Abaye. Uh, just to conclude the Gemara, the Gemara then adds a few more lines, and they analyze the position of the Chachamim in this, in this Brisa. So again, the Brisa was discussing the rabbinic prohibition to marry somebody who is, who is uh, pregnant. Um, and the Chachamim say that uh, there is no fine. Rav Meir says that there is a fine. The Chachamim say there is no fine. And they, they're not allowed, they have to separate until after uh, 24 months after she gives birth, when she's no longer nursing. But there is no fine. They're allowed to marry each other after the 24 months. So Rava says, commenting on this, posi- this position of the Chachamim, um, Rava, uh, Rava says... Uh, that they would have to, according to the Chachamim, they would have to get divorced. Uh, they would have to get divorced with a get, with a divorce document. That even though they are allowed to uh, state, they're allowed to remarry after the 24 months. It's not just that they could separate uh, without a divorce document. They would require a divorce document. Rava says that they really would require a divorce document, and then they would have to remarry after those 24 months. And Marzitra says, "I'm a Marzitra." Dekanami, we can even prove this from the language of the Brisa. Dekatani Yotzi, Vilokatani Yafresh, Shmamina. Marzutra says that the language is Yotzi. The Chacham used the language of Yotzi. Yotzi is a language of that they must separate, not just separate, but really uh, remove each other, uh, get dis- uh, discharge each other, discharge her, and they must separate that they with, through, through a divorce document, through a get. That's the language of Yotzi. And they don't use the language of just to separate, merely to separate without a divorce document. And so, even according to the Chachamim, who say that they are allowed to remarry um, after the 24 months, uh, because there is no fine, it's just that they, they're not allowed to marry each other while she is nursing, but still, the Chachamim still say that they would have to get divorced. They would have to get divorced, um, um, even, though, uh, even though they're allowed to remarry each other after the 24 months. Uh, that is the conclusion of the Gemara. We have a few more lines left on the bottom of Vav and Bez, which we will begin with in next week's recording. But this discussion of Abaye, about which one should we have, uh, which should we be stricter with? Should we have, should should we tend to fine more? Is do we give a fine towards a violation of a biblical prohibition because it's more severe, or do we give a fine for a rabbinic prohibition because people take them less seriously? Is really an interesting question. And uh, the commentators on the Gemara, Tosos and others. They try to figure out throughout Shas, throughout the entire Gemara, uh, which uh, how do we how, how do we follow? What's, uh, what position do we take? Uh, are we more? Uh, do we want to make sure that people don't violate the rabbinic prohibitions, and, and so therefore, usually the rabbinic prohibitions have more severe fines, or is it that uh, the fines apply mostly 
to biblical prohibitions because the, those violations themselves are more severe. So it's an interesting, an interesting discussion which is found amongst the commentators. We will conclude here and continue in next week's recording.